Queer Rights Sessions, QWS Podcast, in partnership with Blarney Books and Art in Port Ferry. I'm your host, Rob, aka RWR McDonald, and this is a Words and Nerds spin-off series. Thanks, Danny! I'm coming to you from the land of the Wurundjeri people, and I'd like to pay my respects to their elders past, present, and emerging. Each month, QWS Podcast will bring you reviews, shout-outs of LGBTIQA plus writers, and feature an interview with a queer writer from our rainbow communities. And now on with the show. Cadence Katie Bell is an Australian storyteller whose writing has appeared in publications including The Guardian and the popular queer blogs Rainbow Roo and I Miss Pockets. She has written, produced, and directed dozens of award-winning short films, music videos, and TV commercials. Her documentary films include The Rainbow Passage for Network 10 and Screen Australia and Who I Am, the world's first documentary exploring the intersection of gender diversity and neurodivergence. She has performed at events such as Queer Stories and the Antidote Festival at the Sydney Opera House, In 2020, she shared a virtual stage with Dr. Anthony Fauci and Bill Gates with the Pop Lab Social Impact Incubator with her mission to unmake prejudice by encouraging audiences to know LGBTIA plus stories. Katie is a co-founder of Rainbow Day, which celebrates its 20th year in 2022, having raised almost $1 million for charitable causes. And she is the founder of Three Kai. Three Kai, is that how I say it? Three Kai. Which seeks to promote mindful kindness. She is currently working on a science fiction novel, Letters to Our Robot Son. Cadence lives in New South Wales with her fiance, Amanda. She likes Pokemon Go and short walks to the fridge. She's openly <laughs> transgender and freaking loves burritos. Damn straight. Hey, welcome to QWS Podcast, Cadence. Thank you, Rob, so much for having me. Oh. Uh, and having heard that lovely, that very well-read bio, thank you, oh. I, I now realise it is entirely too long. <laughs> <laughs> well, I love it because it just covers such a such a um, amazing breadth. And having just read your memoir, The All of It, uh, Bogan Rhapsody, which is out this month, congratulations. Thank you. Um, Yeah, it's just so great to see that resume, you know, because we get to see um, parts of that throughout throughout the book. So, um, yeah, and also um, The All of It is just so well written and raw and funny and... um, and what came out, I think, very strongly for me reading it was just your compassion, which I just, yeah, it, it was such a such a great read. So I wish it all the very, very best. Thank you so much. That's very kind. I really appreciate that. Thank you for, and thank you so much for reading it as well. Oh, every time, yeah. I, well, every time I hear somebody's read it, I uh, get a little, just a little bit delighted and. Yeah, cumulative effect of that lately has been really wonderful. Oh, fantastic. Look, we, we start each episode, Cadence, with an opening question um, mm-hmm. that we ask all of our guests. And that question is, how has your work influenced your identity? 
yeah how has my work influenced my identity now isn't that interesting because you often hear that the other way around um how has my work influenced my identity well i guess you'd have to boil down what it is that i do and i'm a storyteller and i actually think that storytelling is one of if not our oldest tools mm. um and i think that all of us our sense of identity comes from a story that we tell ourselves uh, that we are um you know this person or that person that we will do this or we will do that but we have done this uh, and this makes us that way or you know we don't like us about ourselves and so i i think when your identity is is one of a storyteller and when your job is <laughs> as as a, a storyteller then i think that uh that can make for some uh, really fun and interesting and introspective work which is um yeah. yeah ultimately how you lead down to a path where you end up with a memoir yes no that's that's brilliant i i love that that's such a, a great way of um answering that question um and with with your memoir look i want to um for our listeners i want to just read the summary and um, we were provided the blurb um, i love it it's uh, so cool so here we go just seven years ago cadence was ben he looked like hagrid on the doll loveless overweight depressed and blinking his life away in a haze of marijuana vape and drug abuse whilst trying to find ways to suppress his girly streak he loathed his body and resented every piece of boy clothing he owned and it was only when he could sneak on a stolen bra underneath those boy clothes that he felt like his true self as he slowly started to understand that he was suffering from gender dysphoria he began to feel hopeful his mindset changed he began hormone replacement therapy hiked a mountain every day and planned a trip back to Munty to tell her parents that although her name was now Cadence she was the same person inside as she had always been just a hell of a lot happier becoming cadence was more than a gender transition it was a transition in every way fair to acceptance from self-loving to love anger to kindness uh I uh, just yeah look I again congratulations it's just it's such a such a great read and you know this is your life and I I I think probably listeners are sick of me saying it but I always just have such deep admiration for for any um writer that um does memoir I just think it's such a incredibly brave thing to do. So for you with the book coming out and as you mentioned, you know, you're having people readers, how is that for you seeing, you know, this this part of you out in the world? It is um look it's a trip. It really is. Uh my mum is actually with me at the moment. Um we're in New Zealand uh today. and um she's been sitting there reading the book <laughs> just sitting yeah. out uh just at cafe tables and uh, she I came out this morning to find her uh, out the front of the hotel <laughs> reading the book and showing it to strangers oh, and um 
<laughs> and uh, it has actually been really, really surreal to see it as a packaged product and, you know, seeing people hold it. Um, and absolutely delightful, um, once again. Now, you actually have the old uh, blurb, I think, for the book, actually. There's a new one um, that people uh, will probably find, I think, on Penguin's uh, website. Uh, so I like that one. Um, and that definitely deals with uh, the part of the story that I, I guess that I would, I'd never figured that I would tell anybody about, that girly side. Um, yeah. I, I thought that was like a secret that I was going to take to the grave. And, and instead, here I am. I'm, I'm finding all these uh, weird and wacky stories <laughs> and packaging <laughs> them up and, uh, and telling the world some of the most intimate details. Um, so it, it is kind of surreal. Um, yeah. And a little bit terrifying, but it's a lot of fun as well. It's a celebration. Yeah, fantastic. And does there is there you know is there a feeling of liberation with having your truth out there like this? Liberation. I don't think so. No, I wouldn't call it liberation. Um, I, I think maybe like a degree of validation. I think. Right. Uh, uh, when you carry a story like this uh, and when you've lived, um, you know, through what have been some really crazy and wild and often fun and, and often really um, intense experiences, mm. um, to, to be able to, to recount that from the safety of having the distance of, you know, uh, o- overcome so much, yeah. um, it can be very valid to be able to go, okay, I have made it so far that I'm able to talk about it. Yeah. Um, because when you're in the, the thick of a storm, the last thing you want to do is, is go, wow, look at this storm. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Absolutely. You're too busy, yeah. you know, ducking your head between your knees. Uh, but now yeah. I can be like, oh, no, I can see how that could be funny. Yeah. And so with, um, so uh, we're about, say, two-thirds of the way through through i think it's just on page uh just over page uh, 301 uh yeah i had and if you don't mind if i can just read a, a short excerpt uh, yeah i i have the book here with me i'm gonna follow along uh, that, this is the this, first time i've heard somebody else read it to me so all right and this is um you know one, obviously one of the lowest points um and this is where you break the fourth wall um and, you know, we're reading and then suddenly we, we have, and you, reader, yes, you, you were there. Do you feel that? It's strange, isn't it? That feeling of being outside your own head, aware of your thoughts. You were reading this chapter of my book and now you wonder if you're being read. It's okay. I don't mean to scare you, but that Thursday afternoon in the prison cell of the Aubrey Police Department, I thought of you. You help me transcend the chaos. Is I mean, it's just beautiful, like, um, and so unexpected because you know we're we're like I say we're uh, three quarters of the way through the book at this stage. Um, in that moment, is this when you you knew you wanted to start sharing your experience and story, or was it to do with this particular? Um, event in your life which you know was horrific i think um a bit of both yeah 
we said at the outset of the chat today, we talked a little bit about how, um, you know, we are all storytellers. That's how we yes. um, define our identities. And uh, so to an extent, yes, that, that part of me that's uh, tends to be a little bit more <laughs> open to sharing, um, you know, my life, mm. uh, definitely pocketed that one and went, okay, well, deal with it later. Um, yeah. Yeah, but there was also another part of me that I think a lot of uh, trans and you know, non-binary people, uh, and look, um, other uh, queer people as well, and people of other um, identities that they keep secret. Um, I think, to a degree, we often do uh, tend to live outside of our heads a little bit, to live outside of our bodies a little bit right. in order to, um, to, to just transcend and, and, and get through without there being too much friction because right. that's what gender dysphoria is at the end of the day. It's friction. It's, it's, it's your body going, hey, this isn't right. And if you experience that enough times in a day, enough times in an hour, um, it can start to slow you down and it can you know, make you, um, you know, quite miserable and so one of the ways that we, we learned to deal with that is to um transcend it is to kind of ignore part of ourselves in order to be able to get through the day and so i think that that became a coping mechanism um, that i developed in my teens but then the artistic side of me captured that and carried it forward so i, I don't think it was any one thing i think it was a, a little bit of that that's that natural storyteller in me, that storyteller of identity. But it was also that part of me that was shutting down what was an absolutely intense and really awful experience and being able to just be out of it for a moment. Yeah. Um, uh, because otherwise I think I would have crushed like a can. Uh, it was such an incredible thing to go through. Um, so... And, and yet again, it's one of those surreal things where I can be here uh, uh, many years later and look back on it and be able to talk about it and still remember that feeling of one day I will write this. Um, uh, if I can survive it, that's my reward, um, is being able to share what has been an unbelievable event. I, I just, I, yeah, I, uh, you did it so, so well. And, um, you know, that power in you reclaiming the story and the truth about mm. what, what happened. Um, yeah. And look, throughout your book, obviously there's some some pretty dark stuff, but you also, uh, you know, I love the humour and the way that you've approached. Do you think with, uh, if I can just read out another just little excerpt, and there was so many, again, it says I was going through, I was just like, oh, was just wanting to get the highlighter out, even though it was a PDF. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that didn't um, work out. <laughs> your, your descriptions. Uh, I just want to read this one out for our listeners. I could see his scrotum hanging through the holes. He wore a blue jumper <laughs> covered in mystery stains, like a hillbilly Jackson Pollock. He invited me inside where his cat walked in and crapped on the carpet in front of us. Sorry about that, he said. Then, like a bad magic trick, he wiped the cat's shit into the carpet with his bare feet. <laughs> That's just brilliant. I love it so much. It's just, 
for you, is that just always been, has it been like a family thing, um, you know, humour? Very much so, very much so. Um, I think that, um, again, I said it earlier on, I'm with my mum uh, in Auckland at the moment, and, um, yeah, uh, <laughs> I think I get that, that from her, actually. Yeah. Uh, she tends to <laughs> reduce a thing to uh, something uh, really impactful. She can really turn a phrase, but it's also <laughs> a great way of <laughs> you know, dealing with something intense and, and making it really funny. Um, so, yeah, uh, I, I love that one as well. However, it's yet again one of many, oh, my God, I can't believe I'm sharing this moment. Yeah, at, <laughs> at the time, it was just, yeah, no, this is Tuesday. But these days, it's like, <laughs> oh, my God. How about that time when so and so did a thing? So yeah. Well, I think with your, um, you know, as a reader, I think, you know, with just the rawness and the amount of honesty that you know came through, um, just made us engage and just love you um, because you were you know, you were sharing everything and it's just, uh, like I mentioned before, I think it's incredibly brave, but it's also, yeah, it it really, you know, it gives us that sort of, I don't know, I don't want to say empathy training like Scott Morrison, but it does, <laughs> it gives us an insight, and just even if it's just, a, a, a you know, an insight into into your life and your experience. And I'm just so grateful for you for sharing that. Well, thank you. And can I just say that um, if anybody is listening to this and they would like to turn that book into um, the value of Scott Morrison's empathy training, I would be happy to take <laughs> your money on that one. <laughs> Excellent. You hear that here? Please you can check a couple of hundred thousand dollars my way. For yeah, exactly. Oh Katie's bogan patented uh, empathy training. But um, yeah. thank you so much for saying that. And I, I, it really warms my heart to know that you've come away feeling like you've, um, you've grown as a person from reading my book. Um, mm. That feels incredible. Well, I am going to ask you a cis education question. I hope you don't mind. Let's do it. All right. Uh, you, you, the... The use of your dead name, which like in the summary that I read, um, yep. but in the book you mentioned um, about not name. For our listeners, what is your view on, on this? Because uh, you just touch on it briefly in the book about mm. dead name versus not name. Well, this is, the all of it is more of a book about gender dysphoria uh, than it is about transitioning. Um, However, there's definitely, um, you know, um, I, I cover some some of those those issues around being trans a little bit later in the book. And as I describe it, I view it as Ben was an error, like the '60s. So Ben happened, but isn't happening now, um, yeah. the way that the '60s did. Um, so that's the way that I tend to view it. And as a consequence. Um, I'm okay with it. Like, it feels uncomfortable. It really does. In the same way that um, if some, somebody gets your name just wrong generally, mm. um, it's, it's awkward. It really is awkward. Now, you have to imagine that if that name was associated with an era of your life that was really traumatic, uh, pick whatever it is that you want, a death yeah. or um, um, uh, 
disease or something, the, it's just an area of your life you're just appalled. If you heard that every time, that's what it feels like to be misgendered. Um, and so it's still there for me, um, but I, I don't ignore the past and I'm quite willing to be able to look back on it. Hence the, you know, 400 odd pages um, of memoir. But um, for a lot of people, that feeling of being put back into that moment where they felt just absolutely wrong in their bodies, uh, that's just too confronting. And if you hear it too many times, it yeah. can actually really defeat you. It can just make you feel like, oh my God, I'm just not getting hurt. Um, yeah. Um, so yeah, the general etiquette is, is just to be with whoever you're with. Uh, so if that person says to you that that's who they are, Yep. That's what their pronouns are. That's what they are. Um, yeah. We all change throughout our lives. Um, and it doesn't cost anything to, um, to be nice to another person. And that's what um, the right pronouns are. That's what the right uh, name is. It's just a kindness, just like smiling or wishing somebody a good day. Of course. Absolutely. Thank you. Um, yeah. And it's, uh, yeah. To not do it is, seems quite willful um, as well and disrespectful. It's okay to be to make mistakes, though. Oh, yeah. It's important to remember yeah. that. Everybody yeah. does. I mean, um, my yes. mum did last night. Um, she did. Uh, we were wandering through the casino here at, uh, <laughs> at Auckland. And because um, we're classy, you know, we fly out from, <laughs> from Bathurst in Australia. As soon as we get to uh, Auckland, of course we're going to go to a casino. Um, <laughs> so we were wondering uh, last night and um, she misgendered me then um, because she has you know a few decades worth of memories with me as Ben um, so I can forgive that because there's no malice there so as long as it's a genuine yeah. mistake it's fine yeah fantastic um, and yeah you so do you go back to I'm a Kiwi, so I uh, please forgive me if I'm saying the town wrong. Munch, munchkey, munchkey. <laughs> I love that. That is fantastic. I had never actually thought about it. Um, yeah, uh, munchkey is how you say it, but munchkey, munch. that, is, that is so cool. <laughs> when you were reading it, what, what sound were you reading in your head? Oh, uh, like about? I was seeing the word mud and then I was like, gee, and then I was like, munchkey, munchkey. Munch I was trying with my uh, Australian <laughs> accent. Yeah. <laughs> That's um, not bad. That's a pretty good run at it. Um, Mudgee. Yeah. Um, yeah. Apologies to anyone from Mudgee listening. Yeah. Um, I, uh, I don't get back to Mudgee uh, too often these days. Um, uh, I live in uh, Bathurst, which is only 90 minutes away. Uh, but um, my partner, Amanda, and I live fairly busy lives. Um, so instead, we try to have our little adventures like um, grabbing... Um, my nearest mum and dragon us to, to Auckland <laughs> for a few Rena. days. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. Oh, so to, yeah, dragon her to Auckland Casino. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> it. Dragon to the Auckland Casino. Well, look, I mean, it is a pretty awesome casino, really. And you got the Sky Tower. Like, to be fair, when I booked it, 
I didn't realize it was. <laughs> I just thought, oh, yeah, Sky City, that sounds delightful. It sounds like something out of Zelda. I'm going to book there. It must be a really classy art marketplace surrounded by churches and <laughs> other ways to be charitable. But uh, no, it's actually quite nice here. I'm not going to complain. Yeah, fantastic. Um, you also mentioned uh, a term, uh, cracking your egg. Can you yes. explain a little bit about that? Um, and that was for you, um, that was quite a, a, like a pivotal moment. Is that fair to say? Yeah. For those listening who aren't familiar with it, cracking your egg is a term that basically means that you figured out that you're trans. It's that moment where you go, oh, my God, that makes so much sense now. It's, it's not the moment where you come out and you go to people, hey, yo, I have switched genders. It's that yeah. moment where you are figuring it out yourself. Um, cracking your egg, it's called. Uh, and honestly, I, I'm not going to say I wish everybody could try it um, because <laughs> I think that uh, that would... Uh, well, I think that's what you know, Scott Morrison fears and needs his empathy training for. But I do think that um, it is one of those things in life that you can experience in many different ways. It could be that you realise that you were always supposed to be a painter or that you realise that you really, really love your partner and you go, you know what, I'm going to propose. Uh, or you really, really love a house or a kitten that you pick up. And I think that Cracking your egg is that moment when you realise that your life is taking a new direction yeah, and you're along for the ride. Brilliant. I love that, cracking your egg. Now, um, LSD. Oh, I love LSD. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I thought it was really, I thought you portrayed it really well in the book um, uh, and the reasonings, you know, behind you wanting to to start trying it. Mm. How, um, I mean, how influential was it for you to be able to process, to, to begin to process? A lot? Take yeah, the first thing that I would say is not to, um, I wouldn't want to run the risk of conflating, you know, gender identity or sexuality or anything like that with, you know, psychedelics. Um, I, I think that um, there might be a lot of uh, people in conservative circles that might you know, uh, fear that that's, uh, that's the fad that's going to um, you know, have everybody smashing avocados, yeah. <laughs> transitioning, and it's going to you know, um, yeah, no. be a whole new wave that the kids ride. But um, look, I, I think that it helps me see myself in the perspective of everything else. Yeah. When you're in the thick of um, depression or there's something going on in your life that is just so intense that your entire thought patterns reduce to how to deal with the day-to-day -day of survival, you forget that there is not just so much more beautiful stuff out there, but also that the world and the universe is so massive that in the scheme of things, um, you know, your problems, they can be overcome. Um, and once you have the capacity to, to be able to see outside yourself and be able to uh, reprioritize things, 
and open those those pathways that allow that that self-discovery um you can start to affect some changes in your life i mean there, there are a lot of trials in psychology at the moment where they are trialing um psilocybin i think mm. there's some um uh, mdma trials there's some molly trials yeah uh, and in australia of course we have um medicinal cannabis uh as well uh uh, and so we are definitely starting to to experiment with ways of um, people using their mind in in a way that they're driving their experience right. because they can actually look at the. I would describe it as like those cameras. I don't know if you've driven um, a car that has them, but lots of cars these days have reverse parking cameras. Oh yeah. yeah. Well, some of the newer ones have that cool top-down view where you can actually see the car as no if there's a bird hovering it. But oh, they look so awesome because they take an amalgam of all these different cameras around the car, wow. and then they create this like um, stitched together picture. And um, I, I think that psychedelic experiences can do that to an extent. They can take all these different aspects of your life and just mash it together into this experience, which, if interpreted in a safe environment, you know, and with you know, support from a healthcare professional, mm. including your doctor and you know your your psychologist and the like. Uh, it, it can actually be quite a transformative experience. Um, but I would wouldn't actually say it was the LSD that ended up um, helping me crack my egg. I think it was self improvement generally. It was walking that right. mountain. Yeah, um, that did it. And, which I need and... to do more of. A <laughs> lot. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I think I think. Um... All of us need to get that Fitbit back on um, at some stage. Right. Uh, um, I didn't realise it until I was on the plane coming over. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I flew business, thank God. Um, but <laughs> even then I was like, yeah, okay. It's been two years since I've been on a plane, three years. Yeah. Uh, uh, all right. I've definitely gained some weight because this feels heavier than last time. So, yeah, I'll have yeah. to work on that. Oh, the, yeah. The, what do they call it? The COVID kilos, COVID pounds. Yeah. But with the LSD, though, like, um, you, you know, I'll just say to the listeners, like, read, read the book, um, because in context, I just think it was beautiful, um, just you know, showing how you were reconnecting, like you say, with the world, and I think it was really well done. And then in conjunction with everything else that that you started to to do like you, uh, as you mm. um, as you chose a life really would that be fair to say i think that would be very fair to say i simply chose to live at the end yeah. of the day that's what it boils down to is i went look i've seen the worst of it um and now i want to see the rest of it and yeah. i made that decision to just turn everything around and um i'm <laughs> grateful every day that i did yeah, I just think, yeah, the way the way you communicated that throughout the book was, yeah, I, and particularly those, yeah, when you make those choices is just very, very well, well done. And now it's time for our Rainbow Book Reviews. And welcome to QWS podcast book reviewer, Grace from Blarney Books and Art in Port Ferry. Hi, Grace. Hi, Rob. Uh, what books do you have for us today? So this month I have uh, two rereads. I thought I'd do 
you know, have a look at the old ones that I've reviewed. Nice. Um, they're both Love Oz YA books. And we've got Perfect on Paper by Sophie Gonzalez and From Darkness by Kate Hazel Hall. Great. So which one would you like to start off with? How about we go with Perfect on Paper? Okay. So I absolutely love this book. It's just queer, beautiful loveliness. <laughs> it's, um, it's the best way to describe it is I think I just have a crush on this book, actually. Yeah, right. <laughs> so Dear Locker 89. So I read this book called Perfect on Paper and I don't know what to do now. It's just so amazing and I felt so seen when reading it due to the fact that I too am bi and have experienced internalised biphobia. I felt so close to all the characters in the book. Darcy Phillips with her secret advice business and her good but maybe a little jealous nature. Alexander Broham with his insecurities but with such a big heart filled with fairy bread and Aussie slang. Ainsley and Brooke and Ray and Finn, all of whom I wish I'd known when I was in high school. Like I said, I have a crush on this book and I don't know what to do. <laughs> so uh, set at a Californian high school, Perfect on Paper follows the story of Darcy Phillips, who is anonymously giving advice to her peers via the guise of Locker 89. No one knows who runs it um, except for her sister. And she's got into a little bit of trouble because she's maybe had a bit of jealousness towards her best friend Brooke who she also has a crush on um and she's yeah she's in a bit of a pickle in terms of running this business which she's actually earning money with um but then Alexander Broham finds out who's running the locker and maybe with a bit of blackmail uh gets Darcy to help um, get his ex-girlfriend back oh wow yeah <laughs> that sounds um, great any yeah any, any comparable titles or readers of what books would enjoy this one would you say um gosh uh I think if you liked to all the boys I've loved before by Jenny Han Leah on the offbeat by Becky Albertelli Tweet Cute by Emma Lord or The Lucky List by Rachel Lippincott are all similar uh, but again, it's on its own par, really. But yeah. um, I really loved all of it. And they had this really cute queer and questioning club at their school. Um, and it was just something that I wish that I had when I was at school. Yeah, that would be amazing. So that's Perfect on Paper by Sophie Gonzalez. That it is. Excellent. And your second one, uh, From Darkness by Kate Hazel Hall. How did you find that? I love this book. So again, reread and I read it after meeting Kate last year as I met you as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, I just dive straight into this dark and twisted adventure from page one. So it follows the story of Ari who has lost her best friend to the sea when she was nine. Now 16, she finds herself face to face with that friend, Alex, who is now a soul summoner for the leader of the underworld. But when Alex decides to save Ari from her deadly fate, she upsets the delicate balance of life and death and terrible dark forces threaten the sleepy coastal village. 
So growing up on books like Del Toro Quest by Emily Rodder and The Chronicles of Narnia, I felt that From Darkness could have slipped into one of these series and felt right at home. So it's a contemporary sapphic love story mixed with magical realism, Greek mythology, and a dark Gothic vibe. And it's just so visual. And I loved all the different characters and all the um, supporting characters as well. Right. And did, and did you say this is part of a series or the beginning of a series? No, no. So it's, it's a standalone, but I thought it could yeah. easily fit into the Chronicles of Narnia and yeah. or Del Toro Quest because yeah. it's just very dark and moody and just, yeah, it's, yeah. It, I loved it. So Kate Hazelhall, um, perhaps write a, a sequel. Um, to oh, yes, that. please. <laughs> <laughs> I want more of the underworld. It was so... I, I just visual is just the word that I use to describe yeah. it because I just felt like I was there among them and yeah I was never really that kid who liked Greek mythology but Kate makes me want to like it <laughs> wow fantastic thank you so much Grace now for listeners who would like to check out uh, more of your reviews where can they find you they can find me on Instagram at Koala Tea Reads. That's koala drinking tea while reading. And also <laughs> on Blarney Books and Art um, Instagram and I think Facebook as well. Fantastic. As always, thank you very much, Grace. Speak with you, you next episode. Looking forward to it. Thanks, Grace. We have a writing question which is just around any advice or top tips for writers out there and particularly emerging writers or beginning writers as well. Yeah, that's, um, I'm actually going to cheat a little here. Yes, please. um, (laughs) I'm sharing some advice that was given to me a long time ago in uh, Mudgee. Um, Some people might know it as Mudgee. And uh, <laughs> there was an author who was coming through town. Uh, his name was Peter Watt. And uh, he was absolutely delightful. And I stopped by and I asked him the same question when I was about 16. So this was back in the bad old days when I was Ben. Yeah. And uh, I went into uh, the corner store, uh, the, the corner bookstore, back in the day when there were multiple bookstores in the town. And um, I uh, met Peter and we did a signing. And I asked him that question and he said, Persevere. He said that that is the word that you will have to ingrain into your memory if you want to make it as a writer. Persevere. Um, now that was, you know, more than half my life ago now. Yeah. And he was right. I, if there was anything that I was going to say to writers um, who might be listening, it's just stick with it because you never know the way in which your life might change that you finally adopt what it is that you've been missing that makes your work really pop. And sometimes it's not that your work isn't good. Uh, and sometimes it's just a matter of you haven't found your audience yet. Yeah. Um, and the only way that you can both make your work good and find your audience is to persevere and to be available to take those opportunities when they come. Because uh, one thing leads to another. And eventually, um, yeah, you find yourself staring down the barrel of signing your own book, uh, <laughs> which is uh, really surreal. And I want that for you as well, uh, listener. 
Fantastic. That is excellent advice. I love that. And yes, so true. <laughs> it really <laughs> is. Yeah, it's a marathon. It's certainly not a sprint. <laughs> Very much so. Um, and something we also ask uh, all our guests is a shout out. So um, how can listeners connect with you on socials or are there any events you'd like to, to mention with, with the book coming out? Um, and then uh, any LGBTIQA plus artist books, art show organizations, social media accounts that you would like to mention. So it's a bit of a double-barreled uh, question. I like it. All right. Okay. Well, to find me, just go to www.cadence. So it's www.ca.dance is the coolest name ever. Oh, that's the entire domain name, ca.dance, cadence, nice. just cadence. I know. How cool is that? Or just yeah. Google cadence spell. It's cadence with an A. You'll find me on um, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. I'm barely on Twitter, so I'm terrible with social media but please ca.dance and please sign up to my newsletter i am actually giving away a uh, samsung galaxy tab a8 10.1 inch to one lucky person who signs up to my newsletter by june 30 uh so it's called story circle uh and um yeah you can find out about my new books uh what i've got coming out and talks and events and, and the like and you may yeah. even win a copy of my new book and that uh, cool little Samsung tab. Um, and I would love to shout out my friend Naomi's new film. Uh, it's actually the reason that I am in New Zealand at the moment. Uh, and um, uh, I'm going to the premiere of it. Now, it's a little self-serving because I'm also the producer of the film. Uh, right. But um, <laughs> I think it's absolutely delightful. It is called Who I Am, and it's the youth world's first documentary that explores the intersection between gender variants and uh, neuro variants. Uh, so uh, neuro uh, diversity and gender identity, uh, AKA. So it is this delightful film that follows a teenager on the spectrum as they discover who they are with the help of their animated characters, the fallen. Uh, so we'll have more information about where that'll be available. That's coming soon to a major streamer. Uh, and Brilliant. it's just about to begin a small theatrical run. So that's who I am. Uh, Fantastic. So, yeah, keep an eye out for it soon. It's Naomi Ball's new film that I produced. Great. Well, we will have links um, to your website and to uh, information on who I am on our show notes, as well as a uh, transcript. Um, I love it. And uh, our closing question. Thank you so much, guys. I could talk to you all day. Um, yeah, thanks for having me, Rob. It's been a blast. Is what is your hope for the LGBTIQA plus communities? Wow. I love that so many of your questions have been so lovely and positive. And this is one of those. What do we, I have so many hopes yeah. for the LGBT um, QAA plus communities? First of all, I do hope that we can get the letters down to something a bit shorter one day, <laughs> some sort of an acronym that doesn't um, make you feel like your teeth are falling out as you say it. But I think one of my hopes would be that 
we get to tell more of our own stories. I think that there was a lot of damage that's been done over the decades by seeing um, queer stories that weren't from queer storytellers. And as a consequence, that damage has come in the form of people not realizing who they were uh, because of stereotyping or because uh, of bad representation at the end of yeah. the day. So I hope that more of us get to tell our own, our own stories and do it authentically. And there's real value in that as well because we have the experience that you could not pay to get. Mm. You have to live in our shoes. And that means that we get to tell all the funny stories and the sad stories and the hopeful stories. And we get tremendous value out of our stories by uh, queer people because they bring their lived experience with them. And so I just want, that's my hope. I want more of those really good stories to connect with people so that we can all be known. Love that. That's beautiful. Thank you. Thank you very much, Cadence. It's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show. So The All of It, A Bogan Rhapsody by Cadence Bell is out now. Um, Thanks again, Cadence, and enjoy the casino. Thank you, Rob. I will. (laughs) Maybe I'll bring myself back a bit of COVID. (laughs) No, don't do that. A bit of Kiwi COVID. Please check out our show notes on Words and Nerds, Blarney Books and Art, and rwrmcdonald.com for links, reviews, and the interview transcript. Until next time, this is QWS Podcast.